What's good, everybody? It's your boy Brandon Scott again with my guy, the real Ed Oliver. It's time for another mailbag. We're going to talk about the future of the young core of Christopher Zingas, Kyle Kuzma, and Bradley Bill, what the future holds for them, and a preview for Saturday's game against the Brooklyn Nets. Next on Locked On Wizards. You are Locked On Wizards, your daily Washington Wizards podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Again, what's up, everybody? It's your boy, Brandon Scott, again with my guy, the real Ed Oliver. Thank you for making Locked On Wizards your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get podcasts. And today's episode is brought to you by LinkedIn. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at LinkedIn.com slash LockedOnNBA. So mailbag time. And then uh, towards the end, we're going to slide into a preview for the Brooklyn Nets game on Saturday night. So we looked at a couple comments from you guys. We definitely appreciate all the comments and questions for the mailbag. The first one today is from Isra Teague. And the question is, if the Wizards decide to extend and build around Bradley Bill, Coos, and the young core, what will be a fair trade return for KP? Yeah, and uh, first and foremost, I just want to say um, hopefully the people in Dallas are saying, I'm not sure how the weather was, but of course you guys know that the game was postponed for against the Pistons. I was pretty upset because I wanted to see the winning streak keep going and also, uh, like Kyle Kuzma tweeted out there, he is like, oh man, we don't, we don't get to see Turbo uh, play. We don't get to see Turbo cook. So I, I, was, I was pretty disappointed, man. Um, but um, hopefully, hopefully uh, another game is going to happen on Friday night, of course. I'm looking forward to that against the Blazers. But um, Isra Teague, thank you for the question. Um, what would be the tra- a fair trade return for Chris Tapps? Now, Chris Tapps, he just, he just got traded last year for Spencer Dinwiddie and Bertans in a second-round pick. So that's pretty low uh, trade value right there. Um, he has missed a lot of time throughout his career. This year he has missed a few games, but he's, he's pretty much stayed healthy. And even when he had the ankle injury last week or two or a week and a half ago, uh, right before Rui got traded, he's, he's come back pretty quickly. Um, so he showed that he was able to heal and, and come back where, you know, last year with Dallas, he had the knee injury or whatever it was before he got traded. He sat out a long time um, before he started playing with us. Um, so he's shown that he's, he's quickly been able to get on the court. Um, he's had a few injuries here and there, but he hasn't missed a, a long period of time. So that's huge. I think his value definitely is measured by health. A lot of teams, they don't want to trade for, you know, they may look at him as damaged goods. Um, and he's shown that he's been able to stay healthy for the most part, knock on wood. Um, so he's still a productive player. He's playing at an all-star level. I don't have his numbers in front of me, but I think, you know, the all-star reserves uh, comes out tonight. And I think he's a strong candidate to make it. I don't think he will make it, but he's had some dominant games. I mean, the 41-point the game against the uh, Timberwolves, um, he's, he's had some big-time games. And he has been a huge part of this solid three um, he's had some big rebounding games. He just had the game where he had five blocks. Um, so he's shown that, you know, he could defend as well. So I think he definitely should get more than just uh, two players of the caliber of, of Dinwiddie and Bertans in the second round pick. I do think, you know, we could get a player in a first round pick, uh, a legitimate player, a legitimate starter in a first round pick. Or if you just want to swap uh, KP for a player that's similar to him, uh, maybe like John Collins. I think John, I think he's better than John Collins. Uh, but I know the Wizards have been tied to him. I would not trade him for John Collins. I'm just throwing it out there. That's something similar. Um, but, of course, you know, he's making $30 million. Uh, John Collins is making like 20, 20, 20, around $25 million. Yeah, right now, Porzingis is averaging 22 points a game, um, eight rebounds and two blocks. 
I mean, that's legit numbers right there. That 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 is that's legitimate. That's legitimate um, all star reserve type numbers right there. Two blocks a game is legit. Twenty two points a game is legit. And he's on a team where he has to share the ball with Brad and Kuz. So, you know, where he 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 has been the primary part of the office. And he's shooting thirty five percent from the three point line, too. Um, he's a big that can stretch the floor. I mean, he's a unicorn. He, he does stuff that a lot of people can't do that are seven foot two or seven foot three. So um, but ba- basically, to make a long story short, I think I think he definitely can get you a first round pick right now. And I think he can get you a good player. He's not going to get you multiple first round picks. He's not going to get you a go bear guy. He's not going to get you a Donovan Mitchell got um, any of those guys like that. Um, I'm trying to remember what Jante Murray got as well. I don't think he'll get any of those any of that type of um, type of uh, picks in return. But I think he can get you a first round pick in, in a solid player. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of factors to look at, you know, the future of KP in D.C. Number one player option, does he want to stay? Mm-hmm. But, you know, it, it's never been talent. You know, <laughs> he's, a, he's a heck of a player. 7-3, to put the ball on the floor, he's a, you know, he can create his own shot. You know, he can shoot from three. He can rebound, he can defend. You know, he, and I like what I've seen from him his full uh, his first full year in D.C. So, or going to be, you know, hopefully first full year. But, um, so, you know, him being healthy, he definitely has played at an all-star level, but it's always a factor of health. You know, when is he going to go down? You know, he's had health issues in New York, had health issues in Dallas, you know, he had, you know, some here and there here. So yeah, you got to think about this, you know, what are the needs for the team? You know, we, I, I believe that we do need a point guard. Now Monte has played well in the starting role. I believe Monte has fulfilled that role to the best of his ability. Now I've always said that I believe that Monte Morris is best served on the second unit. I stand by that. You know, if you look at his career, you know, most of the time he's been a bench guy, a, a role guy. But again, you know, he's done well at point guard. But I think that my issues with Monte is this, you know, the hesitancy, the hesitancy to drive the lane and really open up the perimeter, I think is, you know, I think he needs to start being more aggressive driving the lane. Um, his shot is starting to drop. So I, I think we need to upgrade a point guard, maybe a three and D. Like you said, you know, Denny, he's not there yet, but he has evolved a lot since the trade. You know, we've took the clamps off of him you know he's he's going in his own he's starting to really grow into that role you know he's got the d part we're working on the three you know <laughs> so but i like what i see from him too but i think maybe we can go out there and if you look at the potential of this roster going forward especially at the deadline can we go get a point guard well barton 14 million dollars he's in he's a contract filler you know you look at you could probably flip monte because if you look at the guard position you got monte moore jordan goodwin and delon Wright. so really who do you choose out of that group and then you can even throw Kendrick Nunn in there because he can play point and, and the two guards. So you got you got four guys who can pl- either start or, you know, run on the bench. So one of the guys got to go. And if you look at contracts, I think Jordan Goodwood stays just because his contract is not going to be as big. So you, maybe you flip Monte and go get a point guard. And to get a 3 and D wing to really help with a playoff run, maybe that's where you can kind of look at moving KP. Because like you said, I think you can get a first-round pick and maybe you can get that 3 and D wing. So I think they can be, they can be creative at the tread deadline, but they have to really be creative because, you know, we said it before that Ted Leonsis doesn't want to go into the, the luxury. And if you're going to pay coups, I don't see where you retain KP long-term if you want to stay out of the luxury, especially with Gafford hitting an extension. So like you said, long story cut short. Um, I think that with KP and with a lot of, you know, some of these guys, these salary fillers like Will Barton and even Monte, maybe you can go in the deadline and be aggressive and go get that point guard and maybe that 3D and wing. So. I think there's possibilities. Yeah, personally, I would not trade KP. Um, I like the solid three. I like the way they. I like the way they're playing. I like the way they're playing right now. I think they're getting the chemistry. We just haven't been able to see them play together much at all, healthy. 
Um, but they're playing good ball. And I know there's reports saying that Ted and the Wizards, they want to keep the, the solid three together. They really believe that they're a big three. Um, and they're marketing them as a big three. So I, I wouldn't trade Porzingis. Um, I think we're at our best. If we want to compete with these top teams in the Eastern Conference, we're going to need all hands on deck. Um, if they really are serious about trying to compete with Boston and Milwaukee and Miami and Embiid and the Sixers and James Harden, uh, look at those teams. They have so much talent. They have, you know, the Celtics have Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown. Um, the Sixers have Maxi and Bede, um, James Harden, and Tobias Harris. They have multiple guys on that team. You look at this. You look at the Heat. They have Hero, uh, James. They have Hero, um, Bam Adebayo, and, and Jimmy Butler. Um, they all. They just have so many guys they they can throw out there with their talent. And I think the Wizards, if they really want to make a run in the playoffs, if they really want to compete and up somebody, upset somebody in the first round, then they definitely have to keep all their talent so I, I wouldn't trade Porzingis I think he's a unicorn he's a guy that you know we, when he gets hot he really can't stop he's a guy that can go off for 30 to 35 points hey, I mean, don't get it twisted I don't want to trade KP mm-hmm. I, no, no way do I want to trade KP like you said him being healthy I love his game I love his fit here in DC long term I think that me proposing a trade for KP comes along the lines of what Ted said which is I don't want to be in the luxury because mm-hmm. you know economically mathematically I don't I don't see where we keep the big three, solid three together and not being a luxury, especially when you look at the extension for Daniel Gafford. So I, I don't know where it fits in. I think he's going to end up paying the luxury. I think he's going to end up paying the luxury. I really do, because if he wants to retain this core group. But no, I, I, I'm i with you, man. I agree. I love KP's game, man. I love him in D.C. I want to see him long term. So it's just, it, you know, it's, it's it's just one of those things, man. You know, there's a lot of smoke and mirrors going towards the deadline, man. You know, <laughs> if you look at years past, man, there's been a lot of players where you had no idea were even available to get moved at the deadline. So mm-hmm. you just you really don't know for certain, you know, what's going on behind the doors in a lot of these boardrooms and with the GM offices, man. You just don't – you never know. But I think they will retain KP at the deadline. I think if anybody gets moved, man, it's going to be a Will Barton, maybe a Monte. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not going to be a big, flashy move. Because really the KP move wasn't big, really a big, flashy move. We gave a what? Dinwiddie and Bertans. I mean, <laughs> you know That's what I'm like, saying? Right. Yeah. So it wasn't like a big block blockbuster trade anyway. So, you know, I, I think they're going to retain him, and I think they should, man. I think mm-hmm. his fit with Kuz and, and Brad is starting to really evolve into something that could be a good team, man. So um, before we roll into the next question, today's episode is brought to you by LinkedIn. As a small business owner or hiring manager, you know that success in 2023 all depends on the team members you surround yourself with with that's why you have to check out linkedin jobs with linkedin jobs you can hire qualified candidates more efficiently by matching open roles with people who have the skills values and experiences to help you achieve your goals LinkedIn jobs helps you attract qualified candidates to your open jobs with targeting tools they go beyond resume data by using insights from your job post company and the 875 million member profiles to put your posts in front of the most qualified candidates identify the most qualified candidates on linkedin jobs and connect with them fast and for free LinkedIn Jobs makes it easy to screen and rate applicants based on your job qualifications all in one platform. It's why small businesses rate LinkedIn Jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked in MBA. That's linkedin.com slash locked on MBA to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. So we're going to roll into the second question. Again, appreciate all the questions and comments that you guys turned in. This is from XD Zathion. If the young core grown to their own around KP, Bill, and Kuz, what's keeping us from doing a deep playoff run? What do you think, Um, Yeah, shout out to XD Zaytoven on YouTube. I think uh, 
if the young core grows into their own around Bill KP was cute. Um, I think, yeah, I, I think we definitely could upgrade at the point guard position, you know, dominant floor general. But I, I do like the point guard by committee approach that we do have going on. I think DeLon Wright is doing an admirable job on the defensive side of the ball. I do think Monte is improving um, as a facilitator. And, you know, he's, you know, filling in as a connector, hockey passes, you know, getting guys in open spots. Um, but, yeah, we we have been spoiled with point guard play. We, we were spoiled with a, with a guy like John Wall. We were spoiled with a guy like Russ who could take over a game and, and get, you know, 10 assists, 20 points, and, and, and 10 boards, triple-doubles. Um, but, yeah, this, we, have a, we have a point guard by committee. Uh, we don't really naturally have a 3 and D wing. I mean, I guess you could say Kuz. Uh, but Denny's starting to develop. He's a point forward. So if he keeps progressing, then I, I think that he, he would be a huge help to us being a competitive team to make the playoffs for sure. But I would say that um, I think a guy like OG Ananobi would be perfect for the Wizards, but I, don't, I just don't think there's any way that we could get him. Um, and then in the paint, man, our centers, Gaff and Porzingis, I, I love those guys, but there's times where they get dominated in the paint. We saw Anthony Davis put up 55. We saw Giannis put up 55. Um, we've seen Embiid dominate. I mean, Embiid dominates everybody. We've seen uh, Embiid dominate. We saw Jonas Valanciunas have, what, 25 and 12 boards. Uh, we've seen so many big men come in here and just dominate the Wizards. So when we have to go against Embiid, we have to go up against Giannis in the playoffs. Um, it, it's very concerning. It's very concerning. Even Jason Tatum, too. He's not a big man, but we've seen Jason Tatum put up 50 on the Wizards in Washington, in our own in, in Capital One Arena. We've seen Jason Tatum put up 50 points against the Wizards. So every time the Wizards match up against Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown, it doesn't go too well. Um, I know last year we beat them twice, and then they they got us pretty bad the, the next two times they played us. And then this year we got blown out in Boston. So those are the teams that you got to beat. You're going to have to beat uh, Joel Embiid if we get to the playoffs. You're going to have to face Giannis. So protecting the paint and stopping those guys are really a problem. And I think uh, Gaff, Gaff's playing a lot better as of late, but there's times where they do get pushed around. Where I've seen you know Gaff, Gaff kind of struggle against uh, other big men that are just bigger than him and stronger than him, You know, a la like Steven Adams, guys like that. Um, Porzingis as well. Porzingis, they're both just lean guys. They're lean, smaller guys that struggle against those bigs that are that are just stronger than them, for one. And our stars got to show up, man. Um, Bill's got to play at an MVP level, just like Giannis. He's got to play. He's, they they all have to step their game up as a whole. All of our guys are gonna have to step up and play play to that level at, at like Giannis and because it's a different animal in the playoffs. It just is. It's a different animal. And, um, you know, we, we just haven't seen these guys play at that level just yet. Um, like we've seen Giannis play at an MVP level and, and seen Jason Tatum and, and, and B dominate games yet. You know, we've seen them have good games together as a solid three, but we haven't, haven't seen them dominate like, like those guys just yet. Yep. Totally agree with you. So let's take a look at the standings real quick. As we currently stand at 24 and 26, we are at the ninth seed right now, Eastern Conference. So, you know, if you look at who's ahead of us, you know, Atlanta, you can argue that maybe, you know, they got a lot of turmoil, the Knicks. But then when you start to get into the succeed, the Miami, Cleveland, Brooklyn, 76ers, the Bucks, and the Celtics, I mean, you got you got ways to go. Like you said, the, the solid three, they play well together. They have shown their potential of how good they could be as a unit. But I do think that we had two to three areas that we need to address before we could consider a deep playoff run that really challenges these, these teams in the East. You know, one, point guard, a floor general who – drives a lane, drives a lane with power, who's going to open up shooters on the perimeter. I think that's the one thing that we miss from Monte. Monte's shot's trying to drop. You know, he, he does drive through the lane with that floater, but I want to see him a lot more aggressive with driving the lane, trying to draw fouls. 
I think we need a floor general if we want to make a deep playoff run. Now, where we stand, do we need one? No. If we're challenging for the AFC, they're playing. What we have going on, I think is sufficient. You know, with Monte, with DeLon, Jordan Goodwin, Kendrick Nunn, I think that's sufficient for where this franchise says they want to, you know, where they want to go. But if you want to make a deep playoff run, yeah, you got to have that floor general, man, because, I mean, look at the names of the point guards you got to go against, man. You know, is Monte going to Is he sliding past Drew Holiday? I don't think so, man. <laughs> you can go, you know, you look at the point guards in, in the top echelon of the East, man. They're monsters, man. You know, the Bucks, the Celtics, you know. Um, second, like you said, I think Denny is getting there. His shot's getting there. The confidence is there. The shot's getting there. But maybe another 3 and D wing, you know, maybe or not another, but a true one. <laughs> uh, maybe get another forward. But I think what you said about center is intriguing, man. Andre Drummond's on the cheap, man. I don't think we have to give up too much to get him. He's in the twilight of his career. He's not older, older as far as NBA turns, but he's getting there. But, you know, he's never been a mobile guy, but he's a guy that you can put in the paint who's got muscle, who's going to be able to bang up there with his bigger bigs. And if you really want to go up there against Embiid, you know, against the Bobby Portis's, I mean, all these big centers, you know, you're going to have to have a guy like Andre Drummond. So I wouldn't mind seeing Andre Drummond being on the team to really be that guy off the bench or plug in there to start if need be especially with uh, Gafford and his foul trouble. So I think, you know, it's a good question, man, because it's, it's it's a good question, but it's tough because we don't have any assets. We can't, you know, draft picks are something we can really use in the trade. Um, out of our young guys, I think they're coming along nicely, except for Johnny Davis. But um, but how many teams are really valuing them as a key piece of a trade? You know, how many teams are really looking at Kispert? You know, Denny, you know, his value is going through the roof, but I don't think they're going to retain him. And I think they should, you know, you know, just as a from a player aspect and just marketing, I think that he he's a perfect piece to keep in DC. So it's a tough question, man, because what are you willing to give up? Because you know, if you're looking at potential trades, uh, we, like I said, there was an article on the Athletic that had potential trades, and uh, we were talking about before the podcast, man. And both the one trade that we both liked was Emmanuel Quickly from the Knicks for Corey Kispert and the, the Bulls' 2023 second round pick. I'm not opposed to that trade. I like Kispert. I love his cutting. I love his shot, but. Manuel Quickly is a really, really good guard. But then again, on the flip side, who do you take out of that, that guard room? You know what I'm saying? Are, are you sending out Monte? It's, just, it's a tough situation. So, I mean, I guess looking at – I guess we can look at that trade real quick. If you're going to attain quickly, who do you get rid of? Uh, you you got to take a look. It's a tough one. You have to keep it along, right? Because that's one of the things to answer the mailbag question too is, that's keeping us that would keep us away from winning a championship is defense too. I think we definitely improved over the winning streak in the last couple of games. Our defense has gotten better. I know we're top eight in net rating of the, the past two weeks, and that's been through the winning streak. Um, but I brought that up earlier with defending bigs. But of course, you, there's just no question you have to keep the long right because he's one of the def- he's one of the few defensive minded guys on the team. The only defensive minded guys we really have is Delon, Jordan Goodwin, who's on the G League team right now, uh, Denny, of course. And uh, Gafford, and those those are only three guys. And you need defenders because you look at the Bucks. Giannis is a good defender. Um, Grayson Allen, he'll, he'll lock in. Drew Holiday has been a, on an all defensive team or been mentioned for all defensive teams. Um, you look at the Heat; they they take pride in defense. Um, Joel Embiid is a good defender as well. Um, the Celtics they lock in. Marcus Smart has been an elite defender. You talk about point guards too, um, so he would be a tough matchup for Monte as well. Um, so defense is one of the things that you can just point to. Um, to keep us away from a championship that we have to, one of the hurdles we have to get over. But yeah, I mean, it would be process of elimination. You have to keep Delon. There's, I would not trade him for for anything right now unless you really, really get a significant pro um, upgrade at the point guard position. 
Um, but yeah, Monte would probably be the most expendable guy. Even though I, I do like the way he's played. I think this is the best he's played all year the past two weeks. Um, but he he probably would be the most expendable guy. Jordan Goodwin, you would just keep because he, you know he's on a he's on a, a good contract, of course, right now. But if, if somebody really wants him and we can get a really good point guard, but like you said, Emmanuel quickly, I do think that would be the trade I would make. But then you lose three point shooting. That's one of the improvement areas too. We struggle to shoot from the three point line. Um, you look at other teams in the Eastern Conference, they can shoot threes. The Bucs can shoot threes. Philly, they can shoot threes. The Nets, they can shoot threes with Joe Harris and, and O'Neal and Kyrie. Uh, Boston, they can shoot threes with Tatum and Brown. And, and Marcus Smart, has been, he's been better from the three-point line. Um, but, yeah, to make, a, to make another long story short, um, yeah, the only guy I'll really keep to hang on is, is uh, DeLon Wright right now. And I do like the way that Kendrick Nunn is playing. He brings a different change of pace to the team. He likes to push the pace, and he can do – he's athletic too. And the Wizards lack athleticism as well. I don't know. I'm, I'm looking and at – One thing I will say, the Knicks the Knicks would decline that trade. I don't oh, know absolutely. I don't in a second-round pick for Emmanuel Cook. So I think the Knicks would probably hang the phone up. And, I, and that's not saying that Corey Kisper is not a good player. I think he's a good player, but I think the Knicks would hang that up, hang the phone up. Oh, yeah, they're definitely slamming the phone down, man. <laughs> like I said, <laughs> I don't think that Kisper's a bad player. I love Kisper as a player, man. But, I, you know, I think New York's going to say no to that easy. But I think maybe Andre Drummond, like I said, he's on the cheap, man. I got to double-check his salary, but I believe it was between four to $6 million. And um, Yeah, I got to look it up real quick. Yeah, if you, if you look at the potential of him and Taj on the second unit together, that's a defensive unit, man. It, it's going to be tough. But it's, it's tough to really answer question as far as acquisitions at the deadline because you know on one hand Ted said he doesn't want to pay the luxury but then if you want to retain this solid three you're going to have to pay for the luxury of it man even if it KP and Max is player option man look at that salary you're going to go into the luxury and especially if you factor in Daniel Gafford with his extension kicking in as I think that you know Tommy he's been kind of like CIA with his moves, man. He doesn't choreograph his moves, man. You know, you might be surprised who gets moved at the deadline, man. I, I think the team, they're looking at that. They're looking at the fact that forward, going forward financially, they're going to have to make a hard decision. They're going to have to make a really hard subtraction on this team because if you're serious about keeping this, this core together, man, you know, you're going to have to you're going to have to subtract financially. And like I said, uh, Will Barton, 14 mil, you know, he's obviously, if you're really looking to make that move that's requiring salary, He'll be the guy to go. Monte, yeah, unfortunately, he would be that guy that would be the odd man out and anybody leaving that point guard, the two-guard group. But it's a tough one, man, because it just <laughs> – looking forward financially, how much wiggle room do you really have? And then if you look at the pick situation, that makes it even harder because, you know, I I do like the trade. Well, I'm in John Walker, so I'm, I didn't really like the trade at all. But I understand <laughs> it, you know what I'm saying? And But – that pick is is proven to be a booger, man. So, mm-hmm. <laughs> so, yeah, I think we do have a little bit of wiggle room to make a move. Out there, but I don't think it's gonna be flashy, man. I think it's gonna be an Andre Drummond. I think it's gonna be maybe another guard, something that's gonna be. <sighs> man, I, like you said, <laughs> ten years ago, absolutely. But just what are you really getting now from Serge Ibaka? You know what I'm saying? So I don't know. I I would, if it's gonna be a big man, I, I'm more of an Andre Drummond guy at this point. Just. More interior defense, I think, is what we need. So um, before we move on, man, you got any other trade packages you want to look at? No, that's all I got for today. Um, I know the trade stuff is going to heat up, so I'll probably bring up some more trade stuff next week because today is the second. The deadline is the ninth, so I know um, I know trade stuff will definitely heat up. But uh, Andre Drummond, he's making two – he's on a two-year $6 million deal, 
Um, so that's about three million two hundred eighty thousand dollars per year. Um, I do think he'd be a solid backup. I think he'd be a solid backup, especially if you're going to start Gaff and KP. You know, you have him as your backup big. Yeah, absolutely. I think there's a move that they should definitely look at because you know, look, they're shopping them. So, um, I think before we move on, we're going to do before we move on to the preview of the Brooklyn Nets game. He's got a sponsor today. Yes, we're really excited about our new sports betting partner for Locked On because they're the number one sports book in America, FanDuel. And if you're new to FanDuel, that's even better. They have so many great features that make betting on sports fun and easy. So tonight for my parlay, I have the I would do an alternate spread for the Lakers versus Pacers. The Lakers are favored by two, so I would go in and do an alternate spread of plus 10 for the Pacers. Um, I would take the Bulls' money line over the Hornets. Um, I would take Vooch getting a double-double as well. You can do that. There's so many mix-and-matches thing, things you can do with FanDuel. So I, I think Vooch is going to get a double-double. I would probably put that in there or just the Bulls' money line. Um, look at the Knicks' heat. I would stay away from that game. Um, Pelicans, Mavericks. I think the Pelicans are going to keep that closer than what people think. The, the Mavericks are favored by five. So I will go in there and do an alternate spread of plus 10 for the Pelicans tonight. But uh, I wouldn't be surprised. And then another game I'm looking at, uh, Bucks Clippers. I would take. I would do Giannis thirty plus points. Warriors Nuggets. Um, I would. It's a little weird because you don't know what the Warriors are going to do with playing people. So I would probably take the Nuggets money line. So that's just the picks. I, I feel like I would feel good with going in tonight on FanDuel. Download FanDuel now so you can bet Super Bowl Fifty Seven with a no sweat first bet. You'll get up to three thousand dollars back in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. FanDuel lets you bet on everything from the money line to point spreads to who, who will score a touchdown. So join FanDuel today at FanDuel.com slash locked on to claim your no-sweat first bet on Super Bowl 57. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on. Make every moment more with FanDuel, official sportsbook partner of the NFL. All right, so the Wizards do play the Blazers on Friday night, and then on Saturday night they have a back-to-back. They play the Brooklyn Nets, so two good teams. Um, the Wizards are the ninth seed in the Eastern Conference. The Hawks did win last night against the Suns. So they are in the eighth spot. We're one game behind the eighth spot. We're 24 and 26. The Atlanta Hawks are 26 and 26. Um, right now, the Blazers are – they're out of the play on play in. They're the 11th seed in the Western Conference at 25 and 26. Um, they are playing okay. They just beat the Memphis Grizzlies in Memphis. Um, just looking at some of their numbers as well. They're 25th in defensive rating, so they're not a good defensive team. They're fifth in offensive rating. They're a good offensive team with Damian Lillard. Um they're 24th in pace, so they they like to slow it down, kind of like Weston Silk Jr. He likes to kind of slow the pace down. Um, they're sixth in three-point percentage, uh, so they're really good with shooting threes. Dame had 60 points not too long ago. I want to say it was like three games ago or two games ago. He had 60 points, which is crazy, but for yeah. Dame, that's just kind of what he does. Um, uh, opponent three-point percentage, they don't guard the three-point line well. They shoot t- their 20th in three-point defense. They're 24th in opponent points in the paint, so they're just not a good defensive team. Um, defensive rebounder percentage, they're 20th, so they don't rebound the ball well at all. But who are some key guys you're looking at? Of course, there's Dame Lillard, but who are some key factors that you're looking at on the uh, Portland Trailblazers team, and uh, what's your keys to victory? Ooh, good question, man. Outside of Dame, Anthony Simons, man, he can play some ball. Uh, Shaden Sharp is another guy I'm looking at. Um, I mean, they, they got a young roster with guys who can shoot and who can move, man. They, they're gonna, I think they're going to push the pace. Uh, like I said, Anthony Simons, Josh Hart at wing, man. Josh Hart is a guy who can play some defense. Shoot. So they got a young 
young squad, man. Like I said, they're not a big rebounding team. So one key to victory would be controlling the paint. You know, let our big guys eat, control the paint, control rebounds, especially on the offensive end. Uh, let that lead up to second chance points. Uh, second key to victory, transition defense. I think the team's going to push it, man. You know, Dane can push the ball. Like I said, Shane's sharp. He's going to be something special in this league, man. I like what I see from him. Simons, man. But like you said, they're not a defensive team either. So sliding into the third one, I think they we need to push the pace because you're not a defensive team. You know, I want to see us drive the lane, try to get fouls, open up the perimeter. But I want to see the pace pushed and prevent the pace from being pushed on the defensive end. Definitely, yeah. You're gonna have to get back on defense and communicate. Um, just stopping Dame, man. He's the head of the snake. He had 42 points against the Grizzlies, so he's on a heater. He had five threes. So you're just gonna have, once he crosses half court, DeLon Wright, he's gonna have to they they might have to call up Jordan Goodwin for, for tomorrow night, too. All hands on deck, to be honest, to be honest with you. Um, any any point guards that they can throw out there. They, I wish they could call up Chris Dunn. Chris Dunn has been playing really well uh for Capital City Go-Go. So any defensive minor point guard, they're gonna need it against Dame. Um, so DeLon's going to have his hands cut out for him. Monte Morris is going to have his hands cut out for him, the whole team. Um, yeah, basically when he, step, when he steps past half court, you're going to have to step up and guard him. Because, you know, as we know, that famous three-pointer that he hit against the Thunder, um, you know, that, that was basically from half court. It was a pull-up three from half court. So um, Jeremy Grant has been really good lately. He had 18. Like you said, Simons is a, is a huge X factor for, for them as well. He had 26 against the Grizzlies in their win. Um, Nurkic has been – kind of iffy this year he got hurt last game so he only played two minutes so we'll see if he plays or not um but that would be um that would be uh, for if gaffer plays we don't know if gaffer's gonna play yet or not but that would be the the challenge for them to stop Nurkic. but keys to victory um it's basically the same thing with this team man like you said getting back on defense pushing the pace ball movement we're a better team when we move the ball i think it's gonna be a close game man i think it's gonna come down to decision making in the clutch cutting down on turnovers and I think it's going to come down to a last second shot or very close to that. So we're going to have to be smart with the basketball, um, defending the three-point line. And uh, Denny, Denny's going to be a huge X factor again. So I want to see how he plays against the Blazers. Um, but, you know, and, it, and I'm going to say coaching too with Wes. What plays is he going to draw, draw up? Because we know what Dame Lillard is going to do. You know, we want to see guys on our team. Be, we've seen Kuz be clutch. We've seen Brad be clutch at times. But Dame Lillard is a guy that doesn't play around with the ball at the end of the game. And that's what I want to see with Bradley Bill. So I want to see if West calls him some plays. I feel like it's going to come down to a last second shot. So how do we execute down a stretch in a clutch? I think that's going to be a huge key because I think it's going to be a very close game. So what you got? Well, uh, if you predict the score, what you got? Oh, man. Um, I got a weird feeling about this one. This really is a coin flip, man. It really is a toss-up. I think I think we're looking at two teams that are, are, are in similar situations, like a lot of Blazers. I feel like a lot of Blazers fans want to rebuild too because, you know, they had McCullum, which was kind of like a, a John Wall, Bradley Bill kind of thing where they had two good guards and they were building around that. And they never really got to a championship. So um, we're kind of in the same boat. But to answer your question about the the prediction, I'm going to say we win. I'm going to say we win. I'm going <laughs> to say we win <laughs> very close, very close. It's going to be uh, 120 to 117 we win. I think Dane misses a last second three. And I know it sounds crazy because he usually makes those, but I think he's going to miss a last second shot. I'm rolling with you, brother. That's what I'm rolling with. I think it's going to come down to the last couple of possessions. So, yeah, I definitely, I'm rolling with it, man. So, uh, we're going to go ahead and roll it today, guys. I definitely appreciate everybody showing up today and uh, showing us some love today. 
Thanks for making Locked In Wizards your first listen today. Now make your second listen game to game NBA. Every moment, every top performance, every result. Locked On Game to Game covers every game from across the NBA with local analysis that only Locked On can deliver. Follow Game to Game on Locked On NBA. Available on Odyssey app, YouTube, wherever you get your podcast. So again, we are close to 3K on subscribers on YouTube. So definitely like, subscribe, comment below, hit the notification button. Check out me and my dude, The Real Ed Oliver, on Twitter and Instagram. We chop it on in game days and off days like, especially with the trade deadline coming up. We're going to do a lot of talking about the trade deadline and potential trades. So definitely look for that. So, again, I appreciate everybody, and we're going to go ahead and call it a day. To, uh, tomorrow night, 7 o'clock, let's we'll try to get this dub against the Blazers. It's going to be a high-scoring affair. Mm-hmm. So defense is going to be at home. <laughs> so it's going to be a lot of scoring. But definitely show up 7 o'clock again. Show up, show your love, man. Let's we'll try to get this dub. So, Everybody have a good day and peace.